0: last stand brawl against zombies dying of exhaustion after killing hundreds which is just (laughs) such a badass
1: way to go like that is so fucking cool
0: (laughs) that is exactly how i want to die
1: I got mauled by dolphins.
0: (laughs) That's my favorite one.
1: Oh, I hate that. I hate that so much. I'm deeply in real life terrified of the ocean. So that is not a badass way to die. It is not like Kelsey's, which sounds like something out of a really dramatic (laughs) movie. She's just a freaking badass for 90 minutes. And then she finally just collapses but after she oh, saved the world from yeah. adult from a dog was said do- from a dolphin <laughs> incursion from a zombie
0: <laughs> from a zombie incursion zombies dolphins dolphins are just zombies of the sea aren't they <laughs>
1: <laughs> instead of chicken of no tuna is chicken of the sea it just has like it just has dolphins on the tin for some reason uh, I'm so lost and confused. Anyway, so I took it a third time, and that time I got, <laughs> I don't die because I'm immortal. Yeah, it was amazing. And I'm much better with that.
0: Perfect answer. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was great. Much more realistic for Abby anyway. She right? is actually immortal. <laughs> I feel like
1: I am. I really feel like I must be. Is it possible to use the secret to make that happen, do you think? If I just concentrate no. <laughs> on it, can I attract
0: immortality to myself? I do not have that answer for you. I'm sorry. Probably
1: not. That's fine.
0: It depends on what you mean by immortality. I, I don't know my
1: if I mean my immortal soul. I don't think I have one of those, as we've already established.
0: <laughs> We're going to live on forever in this podcast. There we go.
1: <laughs> I guess that's that's a certain kind of immortality. We'll just preserve I, it for future generations I guess forever. until the
0: destruction of
1: man. Which... Yeah. No, but if we blast it out into space... Theoretically, there's probably people out there who will
0: love this record of earthling fairy tales. I'm so excited to read my story to you today. It's from a new book. Okay. And I think this might be my new favorite fairy tale book. I try not to read the fairy tales you know, ahead of time because I like to be surprised. I mm-hmm. like to not know what you're going to tell me. But this one, you don't have this book. I don't have that book, so you can read all of them. And I did. I went on this deep dive into these fairy tales. Um, and it's a book called Chinese Fairy Tales and Legends. If you want to buy the book, there's a link in our show notes. Mm-hmm. It is such a good book. These stories are so good. Okay. I am super excited. I am so excited to hear it. I actually had a hard time picking which one I was going to read to you because I actually wrote notes for a few of them.
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. So now you've got like a lot to choose from.
0: And there's one I'm really excited to read to you in the future. Because it totally made me think of you, but I'm not reading it just yet. Okay. I'm going to save that one for the next couple of weeks here. So what are you reading me today? This one is called The Bird with Nine Heads. All right. That was the second one I read. Oh, my God.
1: Isn't that a great title? That's an amazing title. I am so excited. The Bird with Nine Heads. with Nine Heads.
0: What do you think The Bird with Nine Heads is about? Give me three predictions. Okay, we haven't done a Chinese fairy tale before,
1: and I am unfamiliar with Chinese fairy tales outside of like one or two that I remember being read as a child. We did talk
0: about Mulan. Yeah, we did talk about Mulan. And there are some themes I can see, just a little bit.
1: My mom had a book of Chinese fairy tales that she read to my sister and I when we were younger so I remember a couple of those vaguely since you kind of gave a hint about Mulan I am going to predict that this story has a heavy theme of filial piety that the protagonist is a young man from a small village okay Um, a bird with nine heads what do I think the bird with nine heads does or represents or has it definitely has nine heads (laughs) i mean aside from nine heads yeah the bird the bird with nine heads is a wish granting celestial being of some sort okay so
0: those are my predictions love your predictions thank you and this is the bird with nine heads tell me how wrong i am (laughs) you're so wrong damn it (laughs) (laughs) not that wrong okay Long, long ago, there lived a king and a queen who had a daughter. One day, the daughter was walking in the garden when a powerful storm suddenly came and carried her away. Now, the storm had come from the bird with nine heads who had stolen the princess and brought her to his cave. The king, desperate to know where his daughter had disappeared to, proclaimed throughout the land that whoever was to bring his princess back may have her for his bride. Really, dude? Is there no fairy tale police? Is no. there like no fairy tale private detective agency? No. Why is it like marry my daughter if you find her if you, pick, if, you if anyone can find her? You Couldn't could he marry just file her. a missing
1: person's report? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you would think that the king would have some PIs or some soldiers <laughs> at his disposal. Yeah. But I guess not. Or, or let's be real, <laughs> as in all fairy tales, this is a girl. <laughs> Are we really <laughs> going to expend kingdom resources on a girl?
0: <laughs> oh, no. Well, it sounds very classic fairy tale to me, which I love about this. Mm-hmm. And you'll see also why I love this story so much. And you're going to love it, too. Okay. So, a young man, the protagonist... Ding, ding, ding. Ding, I think it's a
1: point. Is he from a small village, though?
0: (laughs) It doesn't say. Oh,
1: good. Okay, then I'm just going to count that as a point for me. I think that's a point.
0: I'm going to give that one to you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So a young man had seen the bird carrying the princess to his cave. But the cave was in the middle of a solid rock wall. No one could climb up it, and no one can climb down to it. So as the young man was walking around the rock, another youth came along and asked him what he was doing. So the young man told him the whole story, and the youth knew exactly what to do. He called together his friends, and they lowered the first young man into the cave in a basket. Does that sound
1: a little familiar? (laughs) Yeah, it sure does. Getting some (laughs) dwarfy feelings over here.
0: Um, You'll only know that if you are one of our Patreons. Sorry. We had a a special bonus episode called The Dwarfs, Mm -hmm. where something similar happened. Yep. In the cave, he saw the king's daughter sitting next to the beast washing the wound of the bird with nine heads for the hound of heaven had bitten off his 10th head and the wound was still bleeding. The hound of heaven. I know. I feel like that's probably another story. Yes, in this I book. want more details on that. There is none in this story. Okay. So. All right. But I do love that the bird did have 10 heads at one point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the princess was washing it and bandaged it. And the princess saw the young man and motioned for him to hide, which he did. When the princess was done tending to the bird's wound, the bird with nine heads felt so comfortable that one after another, all nine heads fell asleep, and the young man stepped forth from his hiding place and cut off his nine heads with a sword. Oh shit, all nine? All nine. At once? (laughs) Just one, I don't know, one after the other. (laughs) We're really early into this story for the bird with nine heads to already be dead. Yep. Yep. You know, actually that's a really good point. The bird really isn't in it that much. <laughs> it this story is a lot like the dwarfs.
1: <laughs> it really is. <laughs> were the dwar- there weren't a lot in- there weren't a lot of dwarfs in that anyway.
0: <laughs> yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. So, the king's daughter said, "It would be best if you were hauled up first and I came after." But the young man refused and said, "I will whip below here until you are safe." So the princess was not willing, but she at least allowed herself to finally be persuaded and climbed up into the basket. Okay. But before she did so, she took a long pin from her hair and broke it in two halves, giving the young man one and keeping the other. She also divided her silk handkerchief with him and told him to take good care of both gifts. So when the young men had pulled up the princess... What do you know? They left with her, abandoning the poor young man in the cave. Shocker! Despite all of his calling and pleading.
1: Oh, what a surprise. What a poor boy. Poor kid. At least the princess sounds clever, though, because I've got a funny feeling that uh, she's got a plan with for the pin she and the kn- handkerchief. She
0: knew what was going to happen. Yeah. She's pretty clever. She called it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the young man walked around the cave and saw the bodies of a number of maidens who had all been carried off by the bird with nine heads and died there of hunger. Yikes. Oh, that's, that's
1: totally horrifying. The bird didn't feed any of them? So and he didn't like
0: eat them either. Yeah.
1: So it sounds like he was capturing them to be his brides, but then, I don't know, forgetting they need food?
0: It kind of reminds me of a very Western dragon. Mm-hmm. Is this what happens to princesses who get captured by dragons? Probably. Yeah. All right. And they probably weren't princesses. They were just maidens. Mm -hmm. No fairy tale police to look after them.
1: Well, it's debatable how well the police look after anyone.
0: (laughs) That's a whole other podcast. Got a whole other podcast to talk about that. (laughs) So the young man's looking around the cave trying to, you know, find some food or find a way out. And on the wall, he sees a fish. Okay. And when the young man touches the fish, it turned into a handsome young man that thanked him for delivering him, and the two now agreed to look after each other as if they were brothers. Ah. <laughs> just so random. Fish. Yeah, just a, okay. a fish right. in a cave. And so I guess the young man sets off to explore more of the cave, leaving his new newfound brother behind, hoping to find some source of food or water since his sushi plans didn't work out. <laughs> that was my own joke. That was a good joke, Kelsey.
1: I liked it. I laughed. <laughs> it was an unwilling chuckle, but I did laugh.
0: <laughs> I wrote that in my notes. Very I was very nice. proud of myself. job. <laughs> oh
1: my God.
0: So, so you, he's were, exploring you were
1: definitely ca- someone's dad in a previous life. <laughs>
0: Thank you. <laughs> so uh, while he's exploring the cave, he comes upon a dragon who is licking a stone. Ooh. He imitated the dragon, and before long, his hunger had disappeared. Which I don't know if that's because of the dragon magic or stone magic. I love that, though. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, so soon he asks the dragon how to get out of the cave, and the dragon motioned for the young man to sit on his tail. And the youth climbed up and in a flash he was down on the ground because the dragon had disappeared. Oh. <laughs> Which is gotta love a trickster dragon. <laughs> Fun fact, my favorite <laughs> dragon is the Chinese dragon because they tend to be tricky like that. Mm-hmm. And this was the perfect example. Love it. I love that. Okay. Jerk. <laughs> you know what's perfect because uh, Chinese dragon have like the the long beards and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just imagine them as old, tricky men that are like, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> come sit on, psych, psych. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. The one
1: uh, Chinese folktale that I remember hearing as a child also involved a, uh, a youth tricking a dragon into carrying him across a river. But there was a, oh, cool. a lot of very intense negotiation First, <laughs> for that he had to wile his way around the dragon's double speak <laughs> to make sure he left no loopholes for what the dragon was and was not allowed to carry him towards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Dragons are always awesome.
0: So uh, the youth goes on exploring the cave and discovers a tortoise shell filled with beautiful pearls. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were magic pearls. Throw them into the fire and the fire ceased to burn. Throw them into the water and the water divided, letting you walk right through. Ooh. The youth took the pearls and kept them in his pocket. How many were there, does it say? It does not say. Okay. Like a handful, though. Okay. It's like, yeah. just scooped just up the pearls. Pocketful of pearls. Love it. Okay, go on. Pretty dope. Very cool. <laughs> not long after, he came upon the seashore and flung a pearl into the sea. All at once, the waters divided and he could see a great sea dragon. Yes! Yes! <laughs> The dragon cried, who is disturbing me here in my own kingdom? Who indeed? Yeah, right. And the youth answered, I found a pearl in a tortoise shell and have flung it into the sea. And now the waters have divided for me. It's very specific. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was a very technical answer, young man. You know, he probably said it much more like, like, scared- of the dragon, like, oh, I found these pearls, and <laughs> and I, I flung it into the sea, and, and this happened. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so okay. the dragon says, I love this, if that is the case, come into the sea with me, and we will live there together. And then the youth recognized him. It was the dragon that had disappeared before. Oh, Okay. <laughs> And with him was the young man that had once been a fish and was now like a brother. This was the dragon's son. Yes!
1: Yeah! (laughs) Always be nice to stuff you find in magic places. (laughs) It pays off every time. Always touch the magic fish. (laughs) Always touch the magic fish, but don't eat the magic fish.
0: Uh, Amazing, okay. The dragon says... The old dragon says, since you have saved my son and become his brother, I am now your father, which is the coolest thing to have ever happened to anyone ever. That, oh my God, that's the dream. And and the dragon entertained the young man hospitably with food and wine. Best dragon dad ever. Dragon dad. (laughs) Yes, please. I feel like the story could end here.
1: (laughs) I feel like he's achieved his happily ever after, to be honest. I feel like this is, I'm sorry. What else do you want out of life? I I knew you would love this. God, I love that so, so
0: much. Uh, Me too. Thank you.
1: Thank you for telling me this story. (laughs) It's not even over and I love it. Go on.
0: (laughs) So one day, his brother said to him, My father is sure to want to reward you. Accept no money nor any jewels, but only the little gourd flask over yonder. With it, you can conjure up whatever you wish. And sure enough, the old dragon asked the young man what he wanted by way of reward. And the young man said, I want no money nor any jewels. All I want is a little gourd flask over yonder. Mm-hmm. So at first, the dragon did not wish to give it up, uh-huh. but at last, he let him have it, and the youth left the dragon's awesome undersea castle. This also is giving me some wonderful shirt vibes,
1: which mm-hmm. which we do need to cover at some point, but uh, I wonder if Soon. if this dragon and that dragon like are friends, because they're just like, oh, wayward mortals. Sometimes you just have to adopt them. <laughs>
0: I want one to adopt me. Me too. I want a a cool dragon dad. (laughs) As soon as he set foot on dry land again, he felt hungry. And all at once, a table appeared in front of him, covered with a fine and plentiful meal. He ate and drank his fill, then continued on his way. After a while, he felt weary. And suddenly before him, a donkey waiting for him to mount. Okay. Nice. Nice. And after he had ridden for a while, the donkey's gait seemed too uneven for him to continue. And a wagon appeared before him. And onto that he climbed. But the wagon shook him up too much. And he thought, if only I had a litter, that would suit me better. Is he
1: Goldilocks now?
0: (sighs) That is exactly what I wrote on here. (laughs) That this guy is like the Goldilocks of transportation. (laughs) (laughs) Transportation Goldilocks. But he is. So as soon as he even thinks that, like, a litter would be more comfortable, which, by the way, I had to look it up. So a litter is that, like, wheel-less wagon that uh, people pick up and carry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So that appears before him, and... You know, he seats himself inside it, and it takes him all the way to the city. It just like levitating, like there's no actual people
1: carrying it. No, there. No, the people show up with it. Okay, so it like, like comes accompanied with <laughs> servants to pick it up and yep. carry it. Okay,
0: all right. So he just thinks thinks he wants something, and it appears before that, him. So this is a pretty dope gourd. That is a very flask. dope gourd.
1: Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's
0: good stuff. Good stuff. Good looking out from his bro.
1: Okay. Are we now going to have a Prince Ali-style entrance
0: <laughs> to the capital city? That's definitely how I'm imagining it. Okay. Actually, this does have very Aladdin vibes, doesn't it? It like does. Like being left in the cave and yeah. getting wishes from not a genie, but a dragon. Yeah. I love this. This is so much fun. I
1: <laughs> it's so good. This is such a great story.
0: Um, so... The bearers of the litter carried him into the city to the king and the queen. On that day, the young man that had brought back the king's daughter, a wedding was planned, but the daughter refused to take part, saying, He is not the right man, and my deliverer will come and bring with him half of the long pin for my hair and half of my silk handkerchief as a token. Huh. How long has it been? Did Did the story say? Like, how
1: long did he dwell with the dragons?
0: It says a long time had passed and he had not appeared. The rude young man pressed the king, who grew impatient and said, the wedding shall take place tomorrow. Okay. And that is the very same day that the litter arrives in the, the city. the litter arrives. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Sorry if you said that already and I missed it. Oh, no. It just said a long time. Okay, great. So, so the litter takes him to the king and the queen, and the daughter sees the youth holding half of her silk handkerchief in his hand and she is filled with joy and led him to her father. There he showed his half of the long pin, which fitted the other half exactly, convincing the king that he was the right and true deliverer. Yay! The false bridegroom was punished, and the wedding with the true young man was celebrated, and the two lived in peace and happiness till the end of their days. The end. God damn it. That is such a
1: great <laughs> story. I love that story.
0: Tell it again. So good So there's actually a couple notes I think you'll really like Um, So this book is great also because it gives you some background and history Not a lot, but a little bit Mm -hmm. Each story comes with like some notes The bird with nine heads probably began as the nine-headed phoenix The totem of the kingdom of Chu in central China But the Chu had rebelled against the Zhu dynasty During the warring states period and the phoenix was subsequently demonized, so oh. it was once the nine headed phoenix, and then it wasn't. Okay, interesting. <laughs> and it also, th- it also had this note, which I think would be good um, for future predictions. It said, "Gourd flasks often occur as magic talismans in Chinese fairy tales, okay. and spirits who serve their owners are often imprisoned in them." Interesting. So I haven't read anything with that in it, um, but maybe in the future. Maybe in the future. Okay. Yeah,
1: I thought that was a just, cool little note. Okay, like if it's if it's like a Chinese fairy tale coming up, be like, I predict this has a this will have a gourd flask in it. Mm-hmm. That is really interesting. Um, also, it's just interesting how symbols change and symbols can be reappropriated to be. Mm -hmm. something else, which is something that I also noticed with the stories that I'm going to tell. But we need to finish wrapping up yours first. That story is so freaking perfect. How would you fix Mm -hmm. that story?
0: Really easily, actually. Um, I would have them both travel back to the sea to live with the great dragon, (laughs) since he's now basically a prince of the sea. That's true. That is excellent. I would have the prince and the princess go
1: back. I mean, but since he married the king's daughter, and I don't know how succession works or if it works quite the same way in Imperial China. But doesn't that mean
0: that he is going to be king someday? I mean, I feel like he's already king of the ocean. Prince of the ocean? Ocean dragon I just dragon want to live with prince? the dragon. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm sure the they sea visit. dragon. <laughs> you are now my son. How great is that? <laughs> but that's the only fix. Otherwise, I love this story so much. I thought it was just so much fun and yeah yeah although you're right not a lot of the nine-headed bird yeah that's um that is the only other thing
1: is i would have i would have liked a little more background on the fight between the hound
0: of heaven and the (laughs) ten-headed bird so i did look through the book i don't remember seeing anything about that but i do want to hear more about that because that sounds awesome that
1: sounds so cool (laughs) i want to know everything about that
0: (laughs) it has so many great stories would you fix
1: it in any way just, just more detail on uh, the Hound of Heaven, and just a little more nine headed bird stuff. Like maybe, maybe some prefaces mm-hmm. about how,
0: like, some of the other maidens he'd carried off. Just something. I did find some really cool artwork that I'm going to post to our Instagram of the nine headed bird. Yes, please. It doesn't quite look like a phoenix, but it looks really cool, and it was really hard to find. I found it because of another podcast. That I haven't had a chance to listen to, but I definitely want to. The Folktale Project with Dan Scholes. Oh yeah. I haven't actually got a chance to listen to that podcast myself yet. Although by the time this comes out, I probably will. But they have a website and that's where I found the photo. So I'll I'll tag them when I post it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think they're a more traditional folktale podcast where they just like read it and that's it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they don't talk and laugh and (laughs) they don't have a peanut gallery. So thank you, the folktale project for posting that photo. And I'm excited to listen to it. All right. You got one point. I got one whole point. Wow. It feels like it's been a long time
1: since I've gotten any points. So I feel really good about this. (laughs) I feel like I've gotten victory today.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it definitely wasn't like about familial filial piety, because
1: <laughs> I'm a snot. No, definitely not about that. But he was a young <laughs> man, presumably of a peasantish provenance.
0: Yeah, I would assume so.
1: Usually, if he's a lord of his in his own right, they usually say so. So.
0: And he became the son of a dragon. He became the son of the dragon. Oh my god, That's what a cool title. The dream. <laughs> Do you think he
1: had that title like added to his name? Prince So-and-so, <laughs> son of the dragon, when they announced him at parties. Uh, that would be so cool.
0: If I ever became the daughter of a dragon, I would make people call me that. Mm. Kelsey, daughter of the sea dragon. Yes. <laughs> I wish they had names. No one had any names in this story, mm-hmm. which is unlike a lot of the other stories in this book. Most of them have names. Yep. That'll be fun for you to pronounce later. <laughs> yeah. Picked this one because the other few I read had a lot of names. Mm-hmm. A lot of names. Mm-hmm.
1: You to have to write yourself a little pronunciation guide before you do those episodes. Perfect. Hey. Nailing it. Oh, Yeah. Tell me a story. (laughs) Speaking of folk tales or mythological symbols that get reinterpreted over time within a culture and used for different purposes, I am going to be telling you two Irish fairy tales today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You said it had fairies in it. Yes. So because it is March. It is time for fairy nonsense. And, yes it is and I'm gonna yes, read please. you I'm gonna read you a bunch of Irish fairy nonsense today a little bit of background I'm reading from this book that is called a treasury of Irish and fairy folk tales today this is the same book that I used for our
0: test pilot that we recorded like two years ago yes and that story uh you can hear on our patreon mm-hmm. by the way yep it's it's bad uh, quality audio, but yeah. the story, <laughs> this both of them are so yeah good. The
1: stories are excellent. We did not know what we were doing for audio recording yet, though. No. So,
0: but we're still very funny and yeah.
1: No, we like our <laughs> dynamic and the stories we nailed. But our uh, the quality of the audio is bad. But uh, but this is a wonderful book. Um, this is really gorgeous. <laughs> it's hardcover. It's like this dark green. It's got a lot of Celtic knots embossed on it in silver and gold. It's 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 one of the fancy like Barnes and Noble collections that they like to put out on that like front mm-hmm. table
0: with that big thirty
1: percent off sign all the time and
0: we'll put the link uh to the book in our show notes if you want to yeah buy it for yourself absolutely um
1: it's it's a really good pretty extensive collection there are a lot of stories in here it looks really nice on your bookshelf and
0: yeah it has that like uh, gold plating on the edge of the page yes. where it's all shiny mm-hmm. which i love yeah my
1: my totally nerd partner said like that. that he <laughs> that the first time i picked it up and was reading from it he thought i was reading from a bible Because it has the same kind of like shiny gold on the outside of it. I was like, no, I'm reading from something much more pagan and much, much better.
0: As someone who has owned many Bibles Mm -hmm. in my past, I would not have guessed that was a Bible. It's
1: way too pretty. He's used to the Bibles that like you see in like a hotel room.
0: Yeah, those usually have like a really matte front. This one has just gorgeous gold embellishments Mm -hmm. and ornamental like drawings. Yes, there's like (laughs) some ornamental birds and some dragons and like the the Irish
1: harp at the top Uh of it. Also known as the Guinness harp, but it was originally a symbol for (laughs) Ireland and Guinness just also uses it as their logo. That's not the point of why I'm saying this. Most of the stories in here have no real attribution. They're just stories that have been committed to paper over the years from various Irish informants, mostly in the 1840s. Since they were mostly written down in the 1800s, Ireland was very, very, very Christian by that point and had been for several centuries, which you can just really see seeped into their fairy tales. So that's what I mean by by traditions or an idea about what a supernatural or mythological thing is changing over time, being reappropriated for new societal values, new sets of morals, new mythologies coming in over time. There's a lot of different potential origins for what fairies are. The Gaelic term, by the way, for fairy people is dini-shi, that's just Mm -hmm. fairy people in Gaelic. And there's a lot of debate about what they are. They might be fallen angels who were not good enough to be saved nor bad enough to be lost. That might be an answer you'd get if you asked an Irish person what a fairy is. Uh, The gods of the earth, the gods of pagan Ireland is a possible answer. In the original Gaelic, they were called the Thua de Dunan, which is basically like the tribe of the gods. Cool. In Gaelic, super cool.
0: I love that.
1: Me too. So there's a lot of different interpretations for what the origin of fairies are, what they might be, Mm -hmm. as most things are in this world, a combination of all of those things and more. But the thing that seems to be very common is that they are capricious and inconsistent and uh, very easily offended. You're not supposed to talk about them (laughs) very much. It's actually apparently really hard to get Irish people to talk about them you have to go spend a lot of time in Ireland and become friends with children and old people and coax the stories out them because apparently the fair folk get pretty upset if you just reference them or talk about them too much do you think that's still true today I honestly don't know. This okay. book was reprinted in 2015, but I don't know. I'm getting most of this from the introduction of the book, and I I don't know when that mm-hmm. was written,
0: so I'm not sure. I would have to go to Ireland and spend some time. I would like to imagine that they're still superstitious mm-hmm. about like fairies. I like to think so too. That is a cool part of the tradition <laughs> that
1: you're not supposed to acknowledge them very much. The flip side of that, they're very easily offended, and you're not supposed to call them anything else except the gentry or the good folk when you do refer to uh-huh. them. But they can also be really helpful to you. They're they're very easily pleased. Like if you leave them a dish of milk out on your windowsill, then they'll make sure mm-hmm. that you have a good harvest and that you just have a lot of good luck in general. I picked two stories that reflect these two opposite sides of fairy's natures. So I'm also going to give you a little bit of a hint for your predictions. This is the not so nice side of fairies is the story that i'm going to read you for this first one it's called the fairy dance they're really
0: short you may make two on each story okay sounds good bad fairies and good fairies i want to be a bad fairy i want to be a bad fairy (laughs) if you listen to our very first um practice run for this podcast i totally go off and talk about how i want to I'm imagining bad fairies all jamming out to Rob Zombie. <laughs> oh my god, absolutely. <laughs> we both love Rob Zombie and we would uh a little history, a little drunk history. We would uh get drunk at bars and then try to persuade the DJ to play Rob Zombie at these really popular like clubs. Yeah. <laughs> and they all refused they but we did refused. make friends. They loved us, but they were like, "I'm not gonna do that." They thought we
1: were. They thought we were funny, but they definitely, <laughs> definitely did not want to do that. I mean, to be fair, and one of them did tell us. He he said, "It's not that I don't want to, because I also like Rob Zombie, but I would get fired."
0: Yeah, he was like, "I will literally get fired."
1: <laughs> like, it's not that that isn't a cool idea, but. I don't want to lose my job. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which and we is were fair. like
0: okay, That's fine. Fair. Yeah, I want to guess that this story. See, it's hard when you have to. Can you just tell me the name of both of them? I'm the first story is is called the Fairy Dance, and then the second story is called Rent Day. That did nothing for me. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that helped me in zero ways. Did that? Uh, did that not help? I want to guess that at least one of the stories has the thing where fairies try to get you to drink the fairy wine. Okay. There's
1: dinosaurs. No, that's not my prediction. (laughs) There's
0: not. I'll give you
1: that one for free.
0: (laughs) I predict that the protagonist is human in one of the stories, but not both. Ooh. Okay. That's a fun prediction.
1: That's fun as hell. Okay. (coughs) Okay. (laughs) Please, tell me a tale. The Fairy Dance One evening in late November, which is the month when spirits have the most power over all things, as the prettiest girl in all the island was going to the well for water, her foot slipped, and she fell. It was an unlucky omen, and when she got up and looked around, it seemed to her as if she were in a strange place, and all around her was changed as if by enchantment. I love it. I know, it's very cool. It's very cool. It's so exciting. But at some distance, she saw a great crowd gathered around a blazing fire, and she was drawn slowly on towards them, till at last she stood in the very midst of the people. But they kept silence, looking fixedly at her, and she was afraid, and tried to turn and leave them. But she could not.
0: Get out of there. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there is a beautiful youth, like a prince. With a red sash and a golden band on his long yellow hair, and he comes up to her and he asks her to dance.
0: <gasps> okay, just kidding. Say yes, <laughs> Say yes,
1: yes, and drink the wine. <laughs> <laughs> it is a foolish thing of you, sir, to ask me to dance when there is no music. That's what she says to him because it's that dead silent. 90. Yep, she's she's a bit of a she's got some sass. She's a she's a sassy. Irish wench okay he's like you right and he lifts his hand (laughs) and waves to his people and instantly the sweetest music sounded near her and around her and the young man takes her hand and they dance and they dance till the moon and the stars went down and she feels like she's floating on air and she forgets everything in the world except the dancing the sweet low music and her beautiful partner
0: so romantic. I know, I know. You definitely think so. Well, oh gosh, is this another vampire? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. <Good. laughs> definitely not another vampire, but
0: uh okay, maybe don't dance with strangers is the moral of these fairy tales. <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely uh, might be the moral of this one. They dance until dawn as the dancing ceases. Her partner thanks her and invites her to supper with him and his company. She's not really given an opportunity to accept his dinner invitation because the ground just opens up. Okay. Yep. So I guess this is my life now. <laughs> okay. I yeah. Okay. I'll come to. I'll I'll come to dinner. It's not uh, dangerous or coercive at all. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So she goes down this flight of steps that's an opening in the ground, and the mm-hmm. young man, who seems to be the king amongst them all, leads her down, followed by the whole company. And I'm picturing Legolas, by the way. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like the Orlando Bloom Legolas. Not unreasonable, because he basically <laughs> does wear this pretty circlet on his yellow hair. He's pretty when he runs. <laughs> he is a fairy prince, basically. Mm-hmm. So... That tracks. Oh, wait.
0: Fairies, fairies and elves are different. Not really. That's how I imagine them, though. Like, fairies. Like, as, like, the elves from Lord of the Rings. Especially, like, the fair folk in Irish mm-hmm. fairy stories. Like, the... Yeah.
1: Well, because Tolkien based uh, based the elves on
0: fair folk. Nailed it. Yeah. No, so, you're, so you're
1: right. El- like, Legolas is a fairy prince in pretty much every way. Tolkien just calls them <laughs> elves. She goes downstairs with Legolas and... At the end of, now that's just how I'm imagining the rest of the story. So at the end of the stairs, they come upon a large hall, all bright and beautiful with gold and silver and lights, and the table was covered with everything good to eat, and wine was poured out in golden cups for them to drink. (gasps) The fairy wine. Fairy wine. Don't drink the fairy wine. (laughs) When she sat down, they all pressed her to eat the food and to drink the wine, and she was, you know... She's pretty tired after all that dancing, Kelsey.
0: She, oh. she was pretty
1: tired. So she wanted some sustenance. Yeah. She took the golden cup the prince handed to her and raised it to her lips to drink. Just then, a man passed close to her and whispered, eat no food and drink no wine, or you will never reach your home again.
0: Yes! yeah. Oh, my prediction was... You're a uh, me yeah. So... <laughs>
1: She lays down the cup. She's not stupid. She refuses to drink. You know, she was temporarily overcome by how tired she was, but she, you know, Mm -hmm. that was a good reminder for her. Like, oh, right, fairies. When she puts her cup down, all of the Fae folk just get super upset. They're very angry with her. And a great noise arises, and a fierce man with dark hair stands up and says, whoever comes to
0: us must drink with us. And I'm imagining the other elf from Lord of the Rings now Elrond Yes,
1: like it's a it's a it's a Hugo weaving because
0: he has dark hair yeah a like, fierce a fierce okay.
1: dark-haired man absolutely yes
0: man I wish I were her <laughs> <laughs> except I would do the opposite I'd just be like yep drink mm-hmm. the wine yep
1: fine this is fine never going me. home this seems great <laughs> why would I uh go home and so this dark haired man Elrond seized her arm and holds the wine to her lips and it says here that she almost died of fright but at that moment a red haired man came up and he took her by the hand and led her out of the room he tells her you're safe for right now but you're not going to be safe here forever so take this herb and hold it in your hand until you reach home and then no one will be able to harm you and he gives her a a branch of ivy. She takes it, and she flees away up the stairs, back up onto the top of the hill, runs off into the slowly lightning- sky and she hears footsteps <laughs> behind her in pursuit she finally gets home she bars the door she goes to bed and a great clamor arises outside and she hears voices crying out to her the power we had over you is gone through the magic of the herb but wait when you dance again to the music of the hill you will stay with us forevermore and none shall hinder so she can't dance ever again not to fairy music <laughs> 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 how, how do you know? I, you just know.
0: Never gonna dance. It's, again. it's a <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Unless I dance with fairies.
1: <laughs> yep. That is pretty much the deal. I think it's an Irish survival instinct as you you know fairy music when you hear it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Irish survival instinct. <laughs>
1: She keeps the magic branch safely, and the fairies never troubled her ever again. But it was long and long before the sound of the fairy music left her ears, which she had danced to that November night on the hillside with her fairy lover. <gasps> the end. That's so romantic. I know. Oh my god. I know. Why
0: didn't she stay? I would stay. That's how I would fix the story too. <gasps> <gasps> I forgot we were fixing the stories for just a minute because that was so good. <laughs>
1: This is exactly my favorite kind of fairy story because it's so swept up with romance and it's so beautiful Mm -hmm. and it does sound... Dreamy. Yeah, so dreamy and so fun. Like you just danced the night away with all of these beautiful people and then they bring you to their hall and try to persuade you to eat all of their fabulous food. (laughs) But usually terrible things happen to mortals who do eat the food. Anything from losing to your immortal soul or becoming a servant under the hill for the rest of your life. Nothing good happens to mortals who are captured. Yeah, it's not like you
0: become a fairy or just get to stay there. No.
1: No. Usually they're tricking you into it because they want something from you. It's that fuckboy again. <laughs> yeah, fairies are big fuck boy energy. Just say no. Mm-hmm. Just say no to that fairy <laughs> wine. Just don't do it. It's just like the DARE program when we were in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Say no to cigarettes and fairy wine. Another way I would fix it is that the red-haired man who took her away mm-hmm. or gave her the hint yeah. was not a fairy, and she ended up marrying him. I don't know. It was just so romantic. I just yeah. I have all the romance vibes. It is. It sounds like a perfect
1: like late spring night fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's definitely to like warn young people away from having too mm-hmm. much
0: fun. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been to those parties. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're just swept away in the night and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't ever want to go home. <laughs> who needs to go home? Who, needs who to cares go home? Though?
1: I'm just gonna dance forever and drink mm-hmm. forever and never have responsibilities again. Oh yeah. I love that story. That was so good. Fun story about the woman who collected this story for this mm-hmm. thing. It was collected by Lady Wilde, aka Jane Wilde, aka Oscar Wilde's mother.
0: That's very cool. Yeah, I
1: thought that was really neat. So she told it or collected it? She collected it. Um she was apparently okay. something of a poet, also. And mm-hmm. she published a lot of anti British, pro Irish independence protest poetry in the eighteen forties.
0: <gasps> love it. That's awesome. It's pretty
1: awesome. Um her pen name was Speranza, which is Italian for hope.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah.
1: And she really loved folk tales and she worked with her husband, William, who also really loved folk tales, to collect them. And she published books of them in the eighteen seventies for sad reasons, cause William died and he was pretty much bankrupt, as it turns out, Aww. at that point. So she was trying to keep her head above water financially. And then she died of bronchitis and no one <laughs> and no one let her see Oscar, her son, one last time because he was currently in prison
0: for being gay. Fucking eighteen hundreds bullshit yeah. still. Still.
1: The end of her story is very upsetting. But she seemed like she was a very, very cool person.
0: I love that whole family. I don't actually know that much about Oscar Wilde. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. I really haven't done any literary reading.
1: I only know like a couple of his plays because my parents put them on. There's so many hilarious, very mean sayings that he's famous for. He was a very, very pithy, like really witty guy. Very cool. Yep. And I think I got one point. You did get one point. Yes. I was so excited about the the wine. Yeah, you got 1 point for the fairy wine. And so the second story is Rent Day, and okay. we'll see if you got any points there. Okay, so this story is called Rent Day, who was which was collected by T. Crofton Croker, who was the opposite Lady Wilde. Uh, he was doing most of his work around the 1820s, and he apparently belonged to an Anglo-Irish ascendancy class of folks. This is from very limited readings, so take this with many grains of salt. But it sounds like a bunch of British Protestants essentially colonizing Ireland and shutting a lot of Catholic, Jewish, and other populations out of the political scene. So that's fun.
0: And sorry, what year again? 18... 1820s.
1: There's also some dispute over who deserves credit for collecting... T. Croft and Croker's stories because he lost a lot of his manuscript notes and apparently heavily relied on a couple of friends to
0: help him reconstruct them. And then they sued him. (laughs) Somebody needs to make a comedy drama series out of our 1800s. Just called 1800s (laughs) T. Please. We're going to copyright that. We're going to come up with it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't want. I don't want to do all that work. I just want somebody to make it so I can watch. Yeah, because it. I
1: just want to see because it was just
0: basically Downton Abbey, but yes. about 1800s authors. Yes,
1: yes, that is what I want. I want Downton Abbey for 1800s artists.
0: Please and thank you. <laughs> God, that sounds so good. I'll offer up Abbey's amazing <laughs> services as being the uh, narrator. The narrator.
1: <laughs> yes, I volunteered to narrate, as we all know. <laughs> I love the sound of my own voice, and I will do whatever. This is rent day. There's a guy named Bill Duty. Bill Duty. Bill Duty. D o o d y, and he's pretty sad. Duty. Can <laughs> Yep. <laughs> oh man. Bill Duty, and he's sitting on a rock by the lake of Killarney, and he's pretty bummed out because tomorrow is rent day. And his landlord swears (laughs) that if he doesn't pay his rent, he'll just confiscate everything that he and his family have. And he'll put Bill and his wife, Judy, and their poor little children (laughs) turned out onto the high road to starve. For the never a half penny of rent have I. Oh, that I ever should live to see this day. And he's just bemoaning his rotten luck by the lake.
0: I just want to throw out there that his wife's name is Judy Doody.
1: (laughs) I didn't actually put that together when I was writing it. Judy Judy Judy.
0: Doody. Jeez. Okay, guess. I've had way too much champagne for this podcast, (laughs) by the way. Okay. Should I speed things up? (laughs) No, 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 no. I just, I love that so much. Bill and Judy Duty.
1: So good. I love Bill and Judy Duty. You were you were laughing about roasted cock in the last episode, so I feel less bad. It's because we're not mature.
0: We're very mature adults. We're grown-ass women with very important, serious, full-time jobs outside of this. So, so. grown.
1: So serious.
0: <laughs> Bill Duty is bemoaning his hard fate.
1: Pouring his sorrows to the reckless waves of the most beautiful of lakes. It really seems to him that this day in May is just mocking him with how freaking gorgeous it is outside. And he's about to lose everything.
0: I've been there. I mean, the day mocking me and how beautiful it is. Yes,
1: absolutely. Where when you're just in an absolutely garbage mood, your life is not going well. And it's gorgeous outside.
0: And you have to go to anthropology class.
1: Yes, and it just feels like a big middle <laughs> finger to you, specifically. Yet Bill Duty was not so desolate as he supposed. There was one listening to him he little thought of, and help was at hand from a quarter he could not have expected. What's the matter with you, my poor man? said a tall, portly-looking gentleman, at the same time stepping out of a furze break. So, I looked it up. A furze... Thank you. F-U-R-Z-E is apparently a very spiny and dense evergreen shrub with fragrant golden yellow flowers common throughout Western Europe.
0: That sounds beautiful. It
1: actually does sound really pretty. So that's what a furze is, because I absolutely had no
0: idea when I was reading this. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Yeah, you're welcome.
1: (laughs) Anyway, so he's behind a large furze bush. He steps out from behind it. And now Bill was seated on a rock that commanded the view of a large field. Nothing in the field could be concealed from him except this furze break, which grew in a hollow near the margin of the lake. He was therefore not a little surprised at the gentleman's sudden appearance and began to question whether the personage before him belonged to this world or not. That's a really pretty way to put it. I think so, too. It sounds a little ominous to me. Like, Mm -hmm. are you of this world or not? And that can really go either way. That can break either way with fairies. He, however, soon mustered courage sufficient to tell him how his crops had failed, how some bad member had charmed away his butter, and how Tim the driver, his landlord, threatened to turn him out of the farm if he didn't pay up every penny of the rent by 12 o'clock the next day. The stranger is super sympathetic. He thinks that is a very sad story, but he says, surely if you represented the case to your landlord's agent, he wouldn't have the heart to turn you out. Bill exclaims, ha! Yeah, You've obviously never rented
0: before. Yeah, you've
1: obviously never dealt with landlords before. Thanks for your input, homeowner. Homeowner. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Heart, your honor. Where would a landlord get a heart? Exclaimed Bill. (laughs) Which, accurate. Landlords Mm -hmm. are uniformly terrible. I see that your honor does not know him. Bill goes on to continue explaining to the strange gentleman that his landlord has had an eye on his farm for a long time and he'll be able to claim the farm as his own if Bill can't pay the rent. He doesn't expect any mercy at all. And the stranger Mm -hmm. is just like, "Ugh, that won't do. Take this, my poor fellow, take this. And he pulls a purse full of gold out of his pocket and hands it to Bill. Pay the fellow your rent, but I'll take care. It shall do him no good. (laughs) (laughs) So he's a good and bad fairy. He's a very fairy person in the sense that (laughs) he's going to help this person and hurt another person all with the same action, depending on his own particular sense of what's good and what's bad.
0: I feel like all fairies are chaotic neutrals. Yes.
1: Yes. That is pretty accurate, actually. They just kind of do whatever based on whatever they feel like in the moment. That's why they're my favorite. So he says that he will make sure that the money does the landlord no good and that he remembers a time when things went otherwise in this country, when I would have hung up such a fellow in the twinkling of an eye. (laughs) These words were lost upon Bill, who was insensible to everything but the sight of the gold. And before he could unfix his gaze and lift up his head to pour out his hundred thousand blessings, the stranger was gone. So overwhelmed with gratefulness. Yes, absolutely. He looks around in search of his benefactor, and at last he thought he saw him riding on a white horse a long way off on the lake. Uh, so much fairy goodness right here it's just very magical this fairy doing a good turn for him and he calls him O'Donoghue for some reason I don't know why but he just starts shouting O'Donoghue O'Donoghue the good the blessed O'Donoghue and he runs capering like a madman to show Judy Doody the gold (laughs) and to rejoice her heart with the prospect of wealth and happiness
0: I bet she's so happy
1: Judy Doody is very happy indeed (laughs) So all I can think of is that, like, maybe this particular fairy is well known in this area. Like, maybe he's sort of a regional patron spirit because he calls him by name after he sees him riding away on the horse. O'Donoghue. The next day, Bill proceeds to the landlord's house, not sneakingly with his hat in his hand, his eyes fixed on the ground and his knees bending under him, but bold and upright, like a man conscious of his own independence.
0: hmm. <laughs> Abby had a great facial expression.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sorry. That was a a very visual bit for an audio. (laughs) I was gazing off into the middle distance as if I was a woman very confident of my own independence.
0: She was really channeling that feeling
1: (laughs) just now. His landlord's agent, when he finally gets to the place where, you know, you go and you pay your rent, keeps saying, why don't you take off your hat? Don't you know you're speaking to a magistrate? And Bill says, I know I'm not speaking to the king. And I never takes off my hat, but to them I can respect and love. The eye that sees all knows I've no right either to respect or love a landlord. A little sassy. A little money and all that. "You scoundrel," retorted the man in office, biting his lips mm-hmm. with rage at such an unusual and unexpected opposition. <laughs> <laughs> "I'll teach you how to be insolent again. <laughs> I have the power, remember?"
0: They're having a very big dick contest right now. Yeah, it's absolutely it a like. dick measuring contest. And <laughs> I love it. Which if you have ever been in a business meeting ever, you're very used to this. And you've definitely seen You've definitely watched people do this. Nobody wins.
1: But it does go on for a long, long time. <laughs>
0: And it doesn't make any sense. Why are they even feuding right now? Oh, good. You have the money. Thank you, sir. That's just
1: not how it works. It's very contentious. He's not being properly obsequious.
0: Here's this money I didn't earn. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. I am so like, it's just. <laughs> He's got the blessing of O'Donoghue himself, Kelsey. He's <laughs>
1: practically a king now.
0: You don't have to brag about it. That's all I'm saying. Maybe just be humble and grateful. Oh, goodness.
1: Well, what they're doing is they're having a pissing contest about whether or not he should be wearing a hat.
0: I roll, central.
1: Just hand over the gold and leave. (laughs) Or don't be such a bitch about like, okay, so he wore his hat to turn over his money. Like, everybody calm down. The guy is getting very upset and reminds him that he has the power. Bill says, basically like, screw you, I'm going to keep my hat on. And he keeps his head as firmly covered as if he was the Lord Kingsale himself. The magistrate says... Okay, whatever. Have you got the money for me? This is rent day. (laughs) And if there's one penny of it wanting or the running gale that's due, prepare to turn out before night for you shall not remain another hour in possession. And Bill basically just like tosses some of the gold at him and goes, there's your rent. Make sure to count it and give me a receipt. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Some real dick measuring trash talk right there. And so the magistrate just stares askance at the gold for it was gold, real guineas and not bits of dirty, ragged, small notes that are only fit to light one's pipe with, which I guess is what Bill usually pays him.
0: (laughs) That's good. That's something right (laughs) to light your pipe. (laughs) He <laughs> just say he pays him in weed because that's what I like nice. to imagine. Yes, I mean I'm think he'd probably like that more.
1: So he takes the gold, he counts it, he hands the receipt to Bill, who strutted off with it as proud as a cat of her whiskers. The agent goes back to his desk, and behold, there is no gold coins there anymore. <gasps> in the place of the gold coins is a heap of gingerbread cakes. <laughs> Still good. (laughs) Still good. You can eat those. That's more than what you were going to give Bill if he didn't have the money. (laughs) He raved and swore, but all to no purpose. The gold had become gingerbread cakes just marked like the guineas with the king's head. And Bill had the receipt in his pocket. So there was no use in saying anything about the affair as he would only get laughed at for his pains. From that hour, Bill Doody and Judy Doody grew rich. (laughs) All his undertakings prospered, and he often blesses the day that he met with O'Donoghue, the great prince that lives down under the lake of Killarney.
0: Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. What would you fix about that?
1: The only thing that I would fix about that is is capitalism. <laughs> I would just fix capitalism that put poor Bill Doody in this position in the first place. <laughs> but then there wouldn't be a story. Then there wouldn't be a story, but there might be other stories you know? That's true. Less sad stories. Less less stories about imminent (laughs) homelessness if you can't pay the rent. And so you had to appeal to a fairy prince, you know? But the fact (laughs) that there was a fairy prince there to help him get one over on his landlord is pretty dope. That's the only thing I'd fix
0: about the story. And that story was honestly the greatest. Do you have any fixes for it? I was really distracted by Judy Judy. (laughs) Doody. I love that they had names, but... That was a little distracting. I was giggling like a little school girl. (laughs) She should be named something else. (laughs) I love the story, and I I honestly can't think of any fixes. It was great. I love it. It was really fun. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I like the first one a little bit better.
1: Yeah, the first one is a more classic fairy tale situation, and I love that. And it was so beautifully written, like the romance Mm -hmm. of it. I also love fairy stories where... You're a perfectly normal person having a perfectly normal problem, and then mm-hmm. a fairy just shows up out of nowhere and like fixes it for you.
0: That would be great. <laughs>
1: that would be very
0: cool. I, I like that a lot too. So yeah, you got uh, you got one point for the two stories. Yeah, because I thought there was only going to be a human protagonist in one, mm-hmm. and that
1: the fairy dance was going to be part
0: of like some oh, yeah, pagan some ritual. sort of pagan ritual. Yeah, which. It could have been, but it didn't explicitly say so. Exactly. Like if if it had been
1: like a specific festival they were celebrating, I might have given it to you. Mm -hmm. That wasn't what it was.
0: It was just very fun. Yeah. I love the way those fairies think.
1: (laughs) I like the way they play.
0: Trying to kidnap humans.
1: (laughs) (laughs) As they are wont to do.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's going to
1: do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening to Fairytale Fix. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe. Leave us a review on Apple or Stitcher. If you love the show and you want to support us and get access to the amazing bonus episodes that we mentioned in this episode, you can get those extra episodes, merch, books, and other bonus content at our Patreon by signing up at fairytalefix.cash. And you can also, of course, find us on Twitter and Instagram at FairyTaleFixPod. And we have an email as well. You can email us at info at fairytalefixpod.com. with your favorite fairy tales, folklore, nursery rhymes, other such things, or literally anything at all, we would love to hear from you.
0: The princess and the young man traveled back to the sea to live out their days in the castle of the great sea dragon. And the beautiful girl in the fairy dance
1: decided. Ah, hell with it. And drank the fairy (laughs) wine and, well, something probably not nice happened to her, but it was probably interesting. Worth Worth it. it. (laughs) And Bill Doody never had problems because capitalism didn't exist.
0: And they lived happily happily ever ever after. after. (laughs) The The end.